Welcome to Alert and Oriented, conversations about God between friends. Join Gary Barkalow and Sam Williamson as we talk about real life with the real God, really. A couple weeks ago, Gary posted an article that just struck me deeply. And Gary, what I'd what I, what I love of you in mind is just telling the opening start story in that article. Yeah, so this probably was now about a year ago. And, and though it sounds long ago, it, it's been with me ever since I heard it. And it was an interview of two wives whose husbands were pastors. And these were, you know, mid-age people, you know, probably in their 40s, early 40s. And the two wives were being interviewed because both their husbands were pastors and both these men committed suicide. Uh, one man had uh, never had a history of depression or suicidal thoughts. The other man did have a history of depression. Both these men had even talked from the pulpit about the idea of depression you know, kind of don't give into it. It is a very hard thing. So they were even trying to verbalize the the struggle they were going through and encouraging others not to fall prey to this. And yet at some point, both of these men took their lives. And, and, And that was, you know, that captured me by itself, but it was really one of the, the concluding things that one of the wives said at the end and she said, I wish there was a man in the church who would have stepped in front of me instead of stepped in front of my husband and said, you're not well, and you're not getting on stage today. And she just talked about there's just, she feels the need for people to step in front of others and say, I see what's going on and, and don't try to make life go on as usual because no one did that for their husbands. Though there were signs, you know, especially as they look back, um, and and it ended so tragically, and that stayed with me, has continued to stay with me. That story. So tell me again, just the line that the wife said: "I wish there was a man who could." I wish there was a man in the church who would have stepped in front of my husband and said, "You're not well, and you're not getting on stage today." So, you know, I'm literally getting shivers as I just hear that. You know, I wish there was a man who stepped in front of my husband. Um, What struck me about your article was, of course, the opening story. And I didn't get shivers when I read it. I literally am getting shivers now. But also the title that you gave it, which was Beautiful Barricade, which is, is what we need is sometimes we need someone to step in front of us and say, Sam, you're not well. We need them to step in front of us for other reasons too. But, you know, I, I, I really echo this woman's longing. And I think this is a shortage in the church right now, is I think that we have a whole set of things that we're working on well. But I, I and, you know, we have, you know, accountability groups, but this is not an accountability group question. This is a friendship question. This is, I wish my husband had a friend who knew him, understood him, could see into him and stood by him. And in case, in this case, stood in front of him. 
So what what else struck you about the story, about the idea, about a man's, not just a man, a, a, you know, a friend standing in front of another? Yeah. Well, you know, even the title, A Beautiful Barricade, um, you know, I was thinking through the ideas. Every time I see a barricade, you're driving somewhere and it says this road is closed now or closed temporarily or you have to take a detour or something. I'm not really happy about it. You know, (laughs) I I may say a few things I would never say to a person, (laughs) but really that barricade, you know, is, is saving our life or at least keeping us safe. And I thought, you know, I think sometimes if we step in front of another one, another person and say, you're not doing well, stop, stop what you're doing right now. It, it may not feel good, but it's loving and it's caring. In fact, you know, one of the things I, I wrote in the beginning of this article was that, you know, there are times when we need to step in front of somebody to clear the way for them. There are times when we step in front of people to show a person the way. But then there are times when we simply need to get in the way of another person. And that's what we're talking about. I mean, I have had friends who have um, stepped in front of me to clear the way. You know, they'll say, listen, let me talk to so-and-so. Let me handle this for you so you can move forward. And that's been a great gift from a friend. And I've had people who stepped in front of me to say, let's do this together. I've been there before. I can help you. And And I desperately need that for that friend to do that. And I've had a few times when a friend has stepped in my way to say, you don't look like you're doing well. You don't sound like you're doing well. You know, you're sounding desperate. You're sounding stressed. I'm really concerned for you. Um, and, and have said to me, you know, why don't you take a few days off? Why don't you let this go for a while? And as hard as that is, um, you know, I needed that. You've done that for me. I've had a few others do that. Lee has done that for me to say, you, you really need to stop right now. You are not doing well. And, and the thing is, I realize is that most of the time, well, you know, there was a time, Sam, telling our audience now that I, when you and I are on the phone, one of our times, I just started talking about how I wasn't doing well and kind of talked about why I wasn't doing well, what I was struggling with. I, at this moment, I don't remember what it was. It might've been anger. It might've been fear. It might've been shame. It might've been opposition. I don't know what it was, but nonetheless, what you said to me was, um, Gary, I, you need to let this go for a while. You know, I, I'm I'm concerned for you. You're not in a good place. You're not in a good place to make decisions. You're not going in a good direction right now. And and I needed you know you to step in front of me and say just stop for a little bit. You know, and it was good because I just needed to stop, walk away from what I was doing, breathe both physically and spiritually, breathe, and it changed everything for me. You've done this for me too. I, you know, to to get in someone's way doesn't have to be as dramatic as saving someone from suicide. You know, mm. we can get them, we can stop them before they get to the edge. I mean, I remember very clearly when I had a reaction to somebody once and you pulled me aside and you said, Sam, you are being harsh. And, you know, I did not want to hear that. And you didn't say it harshly. You said it firmly. I mean, I would say it was gracious, but it was very firm. You were not pussyfooting around with it, but you sort of got in my way. You, I sort of got in my face 
in a good way to talk me down from that ledge before I went further. And uh, I've, I just always appreciated that. And I do think as friends, we, we sometimes have to get in each other's way, maybe get in their face, not out of a harshness, not, not, not out of meanness, but because we're trying to save them as well as save other people they might be harming. Um, I, uh, one of the things that strikes me about your, we need sometimes a friend to clear the way. We need sometimes a friend to show the way. We need sometimes to get in someone's way or a friend to get in our way. I think one of the things that strikes me about this, and we've talked about it before regarding friendships, and that is if we're honest and humble, you know, big ifs, if we're honest and humble, we have to admit that we have friends who know us better than we know ourselves. I mean, you know, we know ourselves better in some ways, but they see us from the outside in ways that we don't see. And so they can see places where they have to get in our way but they can see places where they have to clear the way or they have to see places to show the way because we don't know our own weaknesses and we don't know our own strengths. And you have multiple times said, in fact, you know, it was a year ago, a little over a year, a little over a year ago, you had been saying to me, Sam, I like your hearing God retreats. You've got to do an online hearing God retreat. And as a friend, you showed me the way you basically cleared the way and showed me the way and you got in my way. You did all three you know, because you said, <laughs> I'm coming to your house on May in May and we're going to record your hearing God retreat. And as a friend, you did all three of those. You cleared the way. You got rid of all the technical mm-hmm. obstacles. You brought all the equipment. You showed me the way because I had never done this. You had recorded online courses before. I had not recorded online courses and you sort of got in my way because I kept sneaking off. I kept taking my own detours and you sort of cornered me. So I couldn't take any more detours, but I needed that. I absolutely needed that. And we need friends who know us, who know our weaknesses as well as know our strengths. Yeah. You know, that's, that's fascinating, Sam. I hadn't even thought about that. Um, and, and I, I really was getting in your way every, every time you try to turn a different direction from doing this, I would get in your way and push you back again. You know, and going back to that example of of saying to you, Sam, you're being really harsh right now. What you know, it wasn't to shame you; it was to kind no. of call out something I saw because I knew you didn't want to be, and and I did want to step in your way in in a sense of saying, let's not go down that road any further, not in that direction. And and so that reminds me of another story that I wrote in this article, and and it it grabbed me again. I never forgot it. Fairly in. in inconsequential story in the scheme of this previous story. But I I had read this about, it was a local newscaster in Florida. And after her newscast, her broadcast, someone had emailed the station directly to her and said, you know, I've been watching you for quite a while. I enjoy, you know, you as a reporter, but I noticed that you have a, a, a lump on your neck and I really think you need to go see a doctor on this because I had I had a lump on my neck and found out it was cancerous. It was on my thyroid, and and I really I want to encourage you to go check it out. Well, she didn't pay any attention to it, and then she did. You know, before that, she went to the doctor, found out it was a cancerous tumor on her thyroid. She would have died if someone didn't, in a sense, stand in her way, call it out, not to shame her, but just simply say, "I see something. I need to tell you about this." And it saved her life. And I thought, again, how many times do we see something in someone's life and we go, 
uh, that I that's too bad they're like that right now. I, I hope they over overcome us. I hope they get through it. And we never say a word. And that's as you introduced in the beginning of this, that's not being a friend, not really, not a biblical friend, not a true friend. But I, again, I just think, especially in these months now, probably over a year that we have been talking so much, you know, the, our culture about mental health and, and the, uh, much of it, all of itself, I mean, very well-deserved conversation because of what's going on, that we need to be able to step in someone's way. So Sam, a real quick example, you know, you and I've talked, I've got a good a minute, half a minute, if you yes. don't mind. Yes. Would you say the example? I mean, I think it's a great story about this newscaster being seen by hundreds of thousands, maybe a million, I don't know where it was. And one person recognizes it. One person knows something and says it. I mean, it's just a terrific story. Now, would, is that an example of sort of showing the way? It's someone who's been down that path, they understand it. They see it. They recognize the same symptoms in you. Is I, I don't know. I, I don't remember which one, where in your paradigm that fits. But the question I have is, but in my experience, I have some people who, quote, show the way too much. You know, it's like <laughs> yeah. every time you see them, they're going to give you advice about something, even when they've never even been down that road. You know what? So how do you address people who aren't showing the way at all? And they really need to step up a little bit. And how do you address people who are, quote, showing the way all the time to the point where I don't even want to be around them? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I'm laughing <laughs> as soon as you brought that up, I thought, oh, I know what that feels like. And I, I've probably done it to other people. Yeah, I think it's one of the words you already brought up, which is humility. And the other is love. I think there has to be a humility that says, I think I know, I think I can help them. I think I can. But one, I don't know if they want my help. I don't know if they need my help right now. And I'm not even sure I do have the real help they need. There's a humility that we would go to somebody and say, hey, I have some ideas. Can I help you with this? Would you like that? Would that be helpful? Um, so I think humility is key in all these three things, if you will, even a step in front of somebody, you know, to say, I'm really concerned. It appears to be rather than a pronunciation of, you know, pronouncing a person in trouble or something. And then I think love is the idea that if we, if we do it because we care for them versus I really want you to know that I know more than you. I've done this before. I'm the expert. You are not, you know, I can make things happen for you that you can't make happen. It just, those are the two words that come to me, humility and love, I think. And Sam, you and I have talked about so many times, this idea that we have to be self-aware, self-evaluative, you know, looking at our heart and saying, why do I want to say this right now? Why do I want to do this? That's just, that's just has to be a constant, I think, with everything we do. So let me add one word. You said humility, love, and self-aware. I don't know if self-aware mm -hmm. is one word or two words, but you used three phrases. Let me add <laughs> one more, which is balance. I mean, I think you can get in my face and say, Sam, you're being harsh. You can get in my face in a certain sense. You can clear the way, show the way, and get in my way to get me to do a video recording. But you don't do it very often. Mm. You know, yeah. you have a balance. If every single time I spoke to you, you're giving me direction, you should do this, you shouldn't do this, you, you know, we're not going to get together very often. You know, honestly, I would say, what was that old commercial 
when E.F. Hutton speaks, people listen or something. Yeah. I can't remember. You know, it's when you give me true. that stuff, I listen because you don't do it very often. Mm. And when you do it, it's weighty. When people do it all the time, I just don't even th- listen anymore. So I think, you know, to add to humility, love and s- self-awareness, like, why am I doing this? I do want to say, what's a reasonable balance? You know, how much am I just advising versus listening, enjoying, learning more, laughing together? Yeah, I, I think that's a good point. And, you know, yeah, I, I know people that when I see them at church and I see them coming down the hallway towards me, I'm thinking, oh, here we go. <laughs> I'm going to be told what I should be doing differently or what I've done that wasn't the best or would you go tell so-and-so to do this? You know, I just know it's coming because that's every time I talk to this person. And so you're right, because it's so frequent, I'm either already numb to it or or just absolutely cynical, you know? So I, I think that's such a good point is balance or frequency or, or only done when needed. Mm-hmm. I think that's right. I've seen people that are like that all the time. So I interrupted you. You had told the story about this newscast woman. I interrupted you to say, is that an example of show the way? Now, you were about to say something that you probably don't remember, but do you yeah, remember? No, I do. Okay. Remarkably so, I remember. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and I do want to say, you're right. I think with that one, this, this uh, listener to the broadcast was showing the way because she said, hey, this is what I did. I went to a thyroid specialist and so-and-so. And, and then she got in her way to say, really, seriously, I think you should stop and get this done now. But the, but what the story I was going to share was, you know, I have a good friend who is a younger man than me, very passionate. He's a pastor. Um, and, and this was about a year ago. And, and I noticed that he was becoming darker, you know, his his countenance was more down every time I saw him. This was over weeks. When he said things, it was almost without hope. I could tell he was struggling. And, and, and this is a passionate guy. So, you know, passionate people, you know, tend to either be, you know, very up or very down. I'm not talking, you know, not, not abnormally, but Either the case, they're, they're that. And so I was thinking, well, we'll see how he does, but he's definitely in a, in a dark kind of down mood right now. And he wasn't coming out. And then what happened was he got COVID. So this was really early on in the whole COVID thing. Pro- probably the first strain of COVID that they said was the most difficult. And it really took him out physically. I mean, he just couldn't leave the house and, and combined with whatever was going on emotionally, he was in a bad place. In fact, when I went over to see him, I'd never seen him like this before. And, and in some ways, he wasn't even coherent, it, it, not meaning that he wasn't speaking clearly, but you could tell his thoughts weren't really coherent. He was jumping from one thing to another. And, and it got to the point where, you know, I said to him, I said, and his wife was there and there were a couple other friends. And I just said, look, for the next several weeks, you are now not allowed to make any decisions, not about your life, not about your work, not about your marriage, not about your finances. You let us make decisions for you for the next several weeks. You make no decisions whatsoever. We will make them for you. 
Um, and, and that was, that was shortly after I heard this podcast from these women. And he later on said that was huge for him. That someone said, we will help navigate your life when you are unable to do it right now. It'd be unwise for you to try to do this. You're not in a place to make decisions. So he came back and saw that this was almost a life-saving, you know, thing that we did for him. And, and yet I remember saying that with some fear and trembling saying, I've never said this to somebody before, and I don't know that I should, and I don't know how his wife's going to react. And she just smiled at me, that smile that says, thank you, you know? So that was a lesson for me. Um, and I, and one more story. I remember years ago, many, many years ago, there was a friend um, who had gone to see Brent Curtis, who we've brought up many times on podcasts and other things who'd gone to him for, uh, had been going to him for years for counseling. And he, his marriage was falling apart. He was in a desperate, desperate place. And in the midst of his counseling, I remember he told me that Brent said to him, uh, same thing, let me make your decisions for you for the next couple of weeks, because you're not in a place to make decisions. Wisdom is, is absent from you right now. And it saved his life because Brent, now this is as a, as a professional counselor, stepped in front of him. I, you know, I just keep remembering more and more stories of, of this kind of thing, one friend doing it for another and, and saving his life in terms of his marriage, his emotions, his work, and maybe his physical life. You know, th- what strikes me about those, both of those stories, but what strikes me more is about the story with you and your friend, because I knew it, I had known about that story. You know, in the middle of it, you were talking to me, but I didn't know the Brent Curtis story. But you had used a few words to describe the process of stepping in front of someone. And you had said it has to be done in humility. And you're saying, um, you're thinking to yourself, oh, my goodness, I've never done this before. Should I do this? I mean, you had an inner humility, you know, and you should have an inner humility. I mean, you're telling you're telling a grown person, don't make a decision without me consulting you. Well, you know. Unless you can approach that humbly, he's not going to listen to you. Right. And you really were humble. I think you did it out of great love for the man because I know the man. I think that you also did it with a kind of self-awareness, which is from all I could tell, you were not doing this so that you got all the glory of making all the beautiful decisions. You know, your your real self-awareness was, I love this man and I want to protect him when wisdom has abandoned him momentarily. You know, yeah. Um, and I also think you did it out of balance. I mean, you have, you had never done that before. It's not the kind of thing you do every week, but you knew at that moment you were willing to do it. And I think if we can get in someone's way in the little things, it gives us a little more strength and confidence and ability to get in their way in the big, in the, the very few times in our life, we have to get in their way for big things. Right. You know, you had gotten in my face before a little things. You've never said, Sam, don't make a decision. But, you know, who knows? You may have to someday, you know, it. But you you built the competence up one step at a time. Right. And and hopefully proved, you know, my love for you as my dear friend, my love for this man, you know, that there was the confidence of, like you said, you, you've always loved me well. I trust you in this moment with something that seems so drastic. Um, you know, and the thing is, Sam, I want to bring it to this too, is this is very biblical. I mean, you know, in the Old Testament, how many times did prophets say, 
they stepped in front of people, a culture, you know, a tribe, uh, a nation to say, you better stop. This is not going to go well for you. I'm trying to step in front of you from sheer disaster right now. So just a tangent. I was just looking at a proverb as you were saying that a man of many companions comes to ruin, but there is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Sort of the idea of a close friend closer than a brother is going to save us from ruin. There's all kinds of companions out there that, you know, they're there for the good times. They're there for the fun times. We're all going to have fun and jolly good time. But a true friend is going to stick closer to the brother and save us from ruin. So it's very biblical. Very, very. Yeah. And you see in the New Testament as well, you know, especially in the epistles, you know, but but you're right. It's really easy to go, you know, for a friend to say about a guy of with many friends to say, yeah, he's. He's not fun to be around anymore. I, I don't think I'm going to hang out with him for a while. And you're thinking, no, this is when you need to hang out with him, right? <laughs> this is when you need to step in front of him and say, my friend, how are you doing right now? And that that's why, though this phrase can be trite, I think there is still so much power to it. And that is the phrase, how is your heart right now? Be, you know, because the triter phrase is, how are you doing? You doing Okay. You know, that is so easy to throw off. And and sometimes when people say, how are you doing? I don't really know what to do with that. But when somebody says, how is your heart right now? That halts me. I mean, I instantly go into introspection for a moment, like, huh, let me think about this. Let me take my temperature. Let me take, take my, you know, check my blood oxygen level right now. So I do think, you know, even that phrase of, how is your heart right now? It doesn't seem well. Seems to bring us to that profound, you know, depth of how are you really doing? And I think we need to do that for each other. You know, it, it, I, I completely agree. I think that the biblical nature of this is actually very true in the Gospels because one of the very last things Jesus said, this is the night he's betrayed. This is after they've had the Lord's Supper. This is after he's washed the disciples' feet. This is one of the very last things Jesus says before he dies on the cross. I mean, I don't know, within 10, 20 sentences of the last thing he says, he says, I don't call you servants anymore. I call you friends. I mean, he's sort of saying, I want you to understand the nature of my ministry. And the nature of my ministry is to make you friends and not to be mm. super spiritual about this. The thing that Jesus did was clear the way for us. The thing that Jesus did was show us the way. I mean, he really did. He showed us himself. That is the way. And he really got in our way. I mean, you know, I would say there's all kinds of thing, things in my life that I think, ah, they're not so bad. but. The cross is the real basis of my conscience, you know, if you will. The, the cross reveals my conscience. Jesus, by dying on the cross, got in my face to say, Sam, you don't just need a little supplement to fix your life. You know, it takes mm-hmm. my death. To me, that is earth shattering to, to say on the cross, Jesus is both being loving and he's really getting in my face to say, Sam, do you know what your real problem is here on earth? And, um, you know, in a certain sense, you can say Christianity is about Christ being our friend to show us the way, clearing the way and getting in our way. You know, it's sort of the nature, if you will, the heart of Christianity. Yeah. 
That is so good. I had not really put those three phrases, you know, into the gospel and thinking, yes, that's exactly what it is. And and I think even, even you know, in our life of, of walking with God, continuing to walk with him, I think of stories in my own life and others where God kind of got in somebody's way and say, this is not a good direction. <laughs> you are not doing well. Yeah. I see the trajectory. And so, you know, I've seen guys that have, you know, lost their job from a layoff or being fired or the company, you know, going down and there was much anger and dismay. And later they just said that, that saved me. I, I am now doing the thing I really love doing or, you know, and, and that, that job was not going in a good direction for me. I mean, just how many times God gets in our way or with a word from somebody, a word of warning, you know, um, let alone, you know, God clearing the way and, and showing the way. So that that's really, really powerful. I think it's funny. Yes, we ask God for guidance and direction all the time. We just don't like it when he gets in our way as his way of giving guidance and direction. We just wanted to say, turn right. We don't like it when he actually puts a barricade in our way, a beautiful barricade, but a barricade. Yeah. But that's him being a friend. Yeah. Really hey, Gary, true. thank you so much yeah. for doing this. I really was moved by the article. I was really moved by your telling it again today. And um, I appreciate your time and your effort and all this. Yeah. And if anyone wants the article and, and you, you aren't in the mailing list currently, so you didn't get it, um, just email me at gary at thenobleheart.com. And, and I will send it to you. Um, the, I send you to my website, but Sam and I are working on it. And being the IT geniuses that we are, it's not fixed yet. So anyway, just email me at gary at thenobleheart.com and I'll send it to you. Thanks, everybody. See you next week. Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. Please join us by following this podcast or liking it. And visit our websites, thenobleheart.com and beliefsoftheheart.com for more resources in living the eternal life with God today. You'll find articles, videos, and online classes. See you next week.